Episode of the Hoffcast. This is episode one thirteen. It is Saturday, December seventeenth, and it's the most wonderful time of the year. But Daddy's in Vegas, and it's kind of weird, even though it's cold as hell. It's really cold here in Las Vegas. I'm doing shows at the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club all weekend, and I didn't bring a coat. <laughs> I thought, well, Las Vegas, it's, you know, it gets to be, a, I've been there when it's 110 degrees. So what's the big, what's the big whoop? And I walk the first day on Thursday to the, to the club in a t-shirt and jeans, and I'm like, Oh, I mean, it was low 40s, high 30s, and I was, uh, it was chilly. I was like, ooh, big daddy, you should have brought a jacket. Um, but, uh, oh, well, it's not that far of a walk. They always put you up pretty close. Although, I will say this. I got a little beef, little beef with uh, with the whole whole hotel deal here in Las Vegas. First of all, um, you know, the club puts you up, which is nice, but two beefs on top of that. So beef number one is, uh, you, I get there, I'm coming up from Phoenix cause I had a show in Phoenix the night before I'm coming up from Phoenix and I get here, I, I return the car and I, and I get to the hotel and I'm like, let me just rest. I just drove up from, uh, Arizona. Let me just rest, get to the room and I can shower and do all that. And I, you know, everything's automated now. It's just like, just like when you go to the airport and you got to, you know, check yourself in, um, you know, you go up to the kiosk and doot, doot, doot. It says, welcome, Nicholas. Unfortunately, our check-in time is 4 p.m. Um, so you have to wait till then, unless you want to pay $30 for an early check-in. And I'm looking at the clock. It's like 2.15. And I'm like, $30 is not a ton of money. But when you're not even paying for the room, there's something about the free is supposed to be free. Okay? Free is free. It's like one of those things where like, do you want a free subscription or do you want this free item? We'll give it to you free. And you're like, yeah, I'll they'll take a free item. And they're like, well, you just have to pay for shipping, 19.99. You're like, well, piss off. That ain't <laughs> This is no longer free. I barely even wanted that. And, and so, like, $30 for the early check-in, I was kind of like, middle finger, okay? Uh, you know, sit and spin. I don't need this. I don't need this. So I was like, you know what? I'll just go sit somewhere and kill an hour and 45 minutes. It's about the principle of the thing. It's about the principle. It's supposed to be free. You shouldn't have to pay $30. Um, and I'm not even dealing with a human. Had I been dealing with a human, I might have been like, hey... I'm performing at the comedy club, you know, hey, I'm one of you, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, service industry, whatever it is, like, let me in. And I think nine times out of ten, they'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 we'll get, we'll get you, we got something here. Uh, but but I'm not even face-to-face with anybody, so, um, so I go sit at the sports book. And I, you know, I'm sitting there with a bunch of degenerates, just people, guys are cheering, watching, like, 
third rung horse races. I never understood these people. Like, how addicted are you? It's not even one of the big horse races. It's like this thing's happening in like, you know, tiny town in West Virginia. I don't know where, but like these things are not televised, but somehow they have a feed and, and people are cheering them on and gambling on these horses. I'm just watching these, you know, middle-aged men with, uh, <laughs> you know, bald patches and ponytails, like trying to <laughs> bet on bet on Captain Nemo or whatever the horse's name is. And uh, <laughs> so I have to sit there. I do a little bit of work. I close my eyes, watch a little bit of, like, rerun football. And um, they weren't playing reruns, but it was, like, highlights or something. And uh, then finally, finally I get to go check in. And now I, I'm checking in, and, and i got to go through the line again. Got to go through the little, you know, little what maze little uh what do you call it like a little mouse maze and you wait like 20 25 minutes now going through that line because now it's four o'clock and everybody's checking in and um i go through that and there's you know probably 20 little self-service kiosks and one guy running a thing and i happen to get up there and it's the guy running the thing and I'm kind of like, oh, hey, I, I think oh, this will be easy. Now I don't have to do anything. I don't have to type in my confirmation number or anything like that. It'll just do everything for me. Okay, great. And whenever you check into a hotel, there's always like um, you always have to give them a credit card for incidentals. You know, like you want to you wanna charge something to the room? Okay, I get it. The comedy club's not paying for that. You know, if I want something extra, daddy's got to pony up the dough. But – uh, you know, I, so I, I do that and the guy goes, need a credit card. And I put it in the little thing and, uh, and then all of a sudden it like, and I get this ding on my phone cause I set up like text alerts for when charges go through so that I can like monitor that and and I go, huh? Oh, I guess they like, even if it's a hold, it shows up as a charge. And I looked at my phone and it was like, three hundred and eighty one dollars for the for the flamingo hotel and i go whoa is that is that for like incidentals is that the hold for incidentals and he goes yeah incidentals and uh resort fee resort fee first of all kiss my ass resort fee you've got what what does that entail like you've got a hotel you've got the casino is that the resort i because i know there's a pool but i also know because i had to wait around for an hour and 45 minutes that the pool is closed there is no resort here there's nothing happening it's like anything else i do in the resort you're going to charge me for so this get the hell out of here resort fee kiss my ass i think all of las vegas does it but i don't know how the hell my total was 381 dollars for the incidental usually an incidental holds like 50 so okay so vegas is 100 still you're telling me that uh the resort fee is like 280 dollars they had to have charged me for the room huh I'm just like putting this together. I like I was gonna go down there and check it out, but now that I'm t- talking about it out loud, I'm like, they charged me for the damn room. That that was the whole thing. Like whatever card they had on file when the comedy club made the reservation, they didn't. They didn't like use that card. They used my card. Son of a bitch. I gotta go back down there. I'm gonna write that down. I gotta go down there. Why am I such an idiot? 
that I didn't even realize that. I was like, 381? 381? Okay, resort feet, kiss my ass. But I somehow inside of my head, was it 180? No, I think it was 381 that they were charging. I, I got to double check this now. Now I'm all paranoid because maybe it was 180 because I thought, okay, that's like 40 bucks a day, which is still egregious egregious for resort fee. But now I'm going to double check. Let's see. Here we go. Um, checking in. Where's the thing? Prob- oh, I guess it's not showing up. Is that That's something else. There's. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, this is annoying for you guys. Okay, I don't need to look up this right now, but I need to look it up soon. Yeah, 381. Flamingo Hotel. What in the hell? I'm going to start kicking ass. I'm going to go down there and see what the hell that was. 381, that's not a resort fee. If that's a resort fee, I'm, I'm bombing this place. <laughs> this place needs to go down. Charge me for the damn room. I'm sure of it. i got to go check that. All right. Anyway, luckily, luckily I've avoided the gambling tables. Usually, uh, the club I used to play in Vegas, you had to walk. like It was like a 15-minute walk through the casino and through everything to get to the comedy club. Here, at least, I go outside and down the way to the to the club so I don't have to even pass the tables because those start calling your name. But luckily, I've avoided it this entire time. Um, on my drive up from uh, Phoenix, I went past the Hoover Dam. Nothing really to report except for the water's low. I don't know if they had a picture there from 1983 and uh, the water was all just super high and spilling over into the into the secondary like little depository. And now it's like way low, no water coming out, like all the way down, like like eighty, a hundred feet lower than it had been, which is crazy. Like I know we're in like massive drought, but at some point, some of this is going to hurt us, right? Like it can't just continue to go down lower. We're going to have to learn how to figure out our own water supply. We're going to have to figure out how to do that. I mean, it sounds like we just had a major breakthrough with energy. I mean, people that are in the know are saying that fusion energy is going to be crazy. Like, you get more energy out than you actually put in. So, yeah, hook that up. Let's let's power everything and just start to reverse the curse that humanity <laughs> has caused here. Um, anyway, Hoover Dam was okay. It was kind of cool to see. It took a couple pictures. I didn't do the tour. It just seemed like, eh, what are you going to do? What are you going to tell me? I could probably YouTube it. Now that I've seen it, I could. that's probably the most impressive part. I could probably YouTube it. And plus, if you're not, I don't know, I was alone. It's kind of weird to take a tour by yourself. I guess it's kind of interesting, but and maybe if you're interested but nobody else is, then I guess go for it. But eh, oh well. Oh well, bigger fish to fry. Bigger fish to fry. Oh, I forgot to mention, still missing episode 100, by the way. Don't think I haven't forgotten, but we're on 113. We're going to truck right along. Um, what else is happening in the world? Um, since my last podcast, we traded for Brittany Griner. United States made a trade with Russia for, with, uh, <laughs> for the merchant of death. And uh, we, we gave Russia back their arms dealer, and we got um, a uh, basketball player. And I, listen, I, I agree. I, th- I don't think she should have been detained. I think she should be free. I'm glad that we got her back. Um, however, I will say I thought something about the United States doesn't negotiate with terrorists. And I know this isn't a direct act of terror, but it kind of felt like it. Like what, it, what was she possessing like hemp or like CBD oil? 
and so they said nine years. Like, that's terroristic. That, that would never have happened if the United States weren't at odds with them in the Ukraine or, like, happened, like, right before that was going down. But we knew it. So I think it was a little bit terroristic, and now all of a sudden we're negotiating. It just seems like seems like a very slippery slope, and that's all I have to say. I think it's good that we got her back, but I think we got to, like, just cut it off at the choke point. Like, that's it. We're one and done. We just needed our best WNBA player back because Lord knows the WNBA needs needs some entertainment. So we can't get we can't lose our LeBron. Okay, we can't lose our LeBron. You could take someone else. You'd take a Peja Stoyakovich. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why I came up with that name. Probably because it sounded Russian. Anyway, I think uh, yeah, mixed feelings about that one. It's a mixed bag, but I'm glad she's back here. Uh, that's good. Um, Avatar 2 just came out and here's here's why I wanted to talk about that I don't really care about the movie I mean I'm sure I'll see it at some point and apparently it's supposed to be spectacular in, in the special effects department like kind of like the first one like not much of a story but like eye candy but here's the thing that baffles me okay now I want you to think about this long and hard okay so uh, Kate Winslet Titanic girl right I want you to paint me, Jack, like one of your French girls. Kate Winslet, very good actress. She's in this Avatar, too. Um, and they had to do a lot of underwater scenes in in the movie. And so they had to, you know, take a deep breath, go underwater, because they don't have tanks in the, in the film, so they're just swimming around down there. Now, she had to train and learn how to hold her breath underwater for, you know, long periods of time. So it's not just like go down for 10 seconds and action. Okay, cut. Like they could actually do some underwater things since these creatures are supposed to be able to like be underwater for long periods of time. So she trains and learns how to do that well. Now, my question to you is how long do you think she could hold her breath and stay underwater? Because this was mind boggling to me. Okay, I want you to come up with a number in your head of how long you think Kate Winslet, uh, you know, Titanic girl, is is able to go underwater, act, swim, and perform. How long do you think she can hold her breath underwater? Okay, come up with a number right now. You you got a number in your head? You you got like kind of like it's maybe around here. Okay, now I've already made a big deal about it, so I think you went higher than you normally would have because. If you asked me that question, I'd have said a minute and 25 seconds. Maybe with training, you get a minute 40. Seven minutes and 14 seconds was her personal best to be underwater filming a scene. Holy moly. Seven minutes and 14 seconds? Were any of you even close? Were you even close? Hit me up. Send me a message if you got close. Like, tell me what you guessed, because I was going to be nowhere near seven minutes. Like, maybe my wildest dreams, I'd have said three and a half minutes. Like, what are you, nuts? And I know that the record for holding your breath underwater is like 24 minutes or something insane, but that's like going under. That's like people huffing and huffing and huffing, like pure oxygen, and then like going underwater and just like staying there. That's not swimming and that's not acting and, and doing things. That's just going under and like holding as still as you want with medical professionals around you. Seven minutes and 14 seconds. So, and I guess she had broken uh, the previous best was Tom Cruise, 
who did it on like Mission Impossible 5, who had held his breath for just over five minutes. She beat him by an additional, what is that, 40%? Holy moly. Go get him, Kate Winslet. I think I it might be worth it just to see it based on that, I, or at least see the behind-the-scenes footage, I guess. Seven minutes and 14 seconds. Like, how long could you hold your breath? I could maybe do a minute holding perfectly still. But they say it's they say it's all, like, uh, mental. You know, you got to just get over it. Like, you're not going to... You're not going to drown. Your your body doesn't need that oxygen. It just, like, there are all sorts of sensors. And just like when they say, take one ibuprofen, you're like, no, I'm fine. I take four. Like, they they give you that. They, they're being very conservative. So that's what your body's doing. When it says, hey, man, take a breath, it's being very conservative. It doesn't know what you have to do after. You might have to run from a T-Rex. So your body's like, no, 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 take a breath. Let's Let's go get some oxygen flowing. But I guess once you get over that inside your brain, then you're fine, which is just baffling to me. And and this is coming from someone who has no concept of time, by the way. <laughs> like I'm always, I'm always like running at the last minute. Like I, I perform well in the clutch, but it's like I, you know I, I I can never I never allow enough time for things. I always think I can do it in less time. And that's why, oh, oh, God, I want to tell you this story, okay? So I did. <laughs> this is a week ago. A week ago, um, I was doing a corporate event up in, uh, up in Idaho. So I had to fly into Boise. And, and, the, and the event was like an hour and a half. It was like 90 miles down the road from Boise. But it was like a smaller town, and there was no airport there that was logical. So I was flying in and out of Boise. So... Get in Boise, get my rental car, and I check into my hotel, which is in Boise, because I'm like, I'm not going to stay down there. I'm going to stay close so that when I fly out in the morning, I just wake up and go. And so I check into my hotel. I get dinner. I'm relaxing. Show's at 7 o'clock. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'll, I'll leave it around 5.20, so then I'll get there, you know, 10 minutes before the show. I'll be fine. And so I do all that. I'm taking my sweet time. I'm showering. You know, I'm watching TV. And then finally, I'm like, okay, it's about 5.15. I should probably head out. So I put on my pants, and I and I grab my stuff, and I go to out the door, and it's cold. And I get in the car, and uh, I get a text message. Beep. Hey. Hey, this is, and this is the gal fr- that uh, uh, from the corporation that was helping run the event. She goes, hey, uh, y- you close? And I go, well, that's weird. Okay. And so I text back. I go, no, but I'll be there uh, before 7 when the show starts. And then she goes, is that, haha, is that your first joke? And I said, haha, no. Why? Shows at seven, right? And she now my phone's ringing. Now that <laughs> and she goes, "What are you talking about?" And I go, "This shows at seven. The the, the itinerary says seven. She goes, "No, shows at five thirty. I go, "No, my itinerary says seven. And I'm like frantically looking through my email trying to find it. And she goes, "No, no, no. That we're the it's at five thirty. We're having dinner now, and the sh- you are the." the show that goes with dinner will be gone by seven i said what no no and and now i found it i'm like click and i look and i'm like oh god please don't be wrong please don't be wrong hoff you idiot and i look at it, and it says showtime seven i go no look here see and i texted it back to her and she goes well that's not what i have she goes okay well uh, how how soon can you get here 
I said, I'm I'm not close at all. She goes, where are you? I'm, go, I'm in Boise. She goes, you're in Boise? She, what are you doing in Boise? <laughs> you know? And I was like, this is where I'm staying, lady. I was like, just planning to be there 10 minutes before 7. And she goes, you're, why would you be in Boise? I'm like, this is where my hotel is. <laughs> she goes, ah, oh, okay, let me talk to the boss. I'll get back to you. And now I'm like, nah, I feel bad. It's not my fault, but I feel bad. And I kind of feel like, oh, this puts a damper on the whole thing. They're going to be gone by the time I get there. Now what? I flew to Boise. Am I going to get, I'm better be getting paid. Like, what the hell? Somebody's going to pay me. <laughs> this ain't my fault. And so now I call the, the, the middle agent, and I'm like, hey, do you know they think this thing starts at 530? He goes, 530? Who does the show at 530? Now it's 7 o'clock. And I was like, okay, I hope. Like, I okay. He was so nonchalant about it. Was like, probably in his sweatpants sitting somewhere. He's like, who has a party at 530? I was like, I don't know. Apparently these people do. And so I don't know where the communication thing was, but I was an hour and a half late to when they thought. And for once, it wasn't my fault. I was still, I still got there. Like, I was flying down the interstate. I was like, you know, I felt bad. So I was like, let me just get there as soon as I can. And going a little extra. And uh, I got there 15 minutes before the show was supposed to start, according to me. Um, and I went, and it was fine. It was great. And people even stayed an hour after I was go- done. So yeah, all's, al- all's well that ends well. But still, just like gave me an ulcer driving down there that hour and a half, just thinking, oh, man, somebody's ma- upset. It's not my fault, but there's still, I'm the face of upsetness. You know how, you know how that works? Like when... Like uh, when you're upset with a company and you call customer service, it's not that person's fault. The person that answers the phone, that's not their fault, but they are the voice. They are, you know, if you go up to the counter, the ticket counter, your flight's canceled, your baggage is gone, and you can't find it, like you go up and you're like, ah, you're the face that that I am going to assign this hatred to. So I'm sorry I know this isn't your fault, but... You, you, somebody, please help. And so I didn't want to be that guy, but I was that guy. I went, we had fun. It was a good, it was a good time. And I was probably between you and me. I was a little glad that I didn't have to perform during dinner because that's a death march for comedy. I don't know why people do that. I don't know why, like the, and it's always these private events that they think, well, we'll just, you know, that way nobody will have to talk to each other. We'll have some dinner entertainment. I think people are so used to, like, watching TV while they eat or something. They're like, we'll just have a show while we eat. But that's the thing. It's not like I'm an acapella group or something where you can just kind of watch and chew your steak. Like, I need I need you to laugh out loud. I, I can't have you chewing on a baked potato. I need you. I need your voice. I need your mouth, Okay. <laughs> Man, that could be the name of the episode. Need your mouth. Um, I, I need it. I, you can't. It's such a distraction to be eating, to be cutting, to be chewing, all that, and paying attention, and have to laugh. Like, what a horrible thing for comedy. So I'm kind of glad that I was late. And I, if, if you ever are part of the planning committee for one of those things, say, hey, no, comedy needs to be done with full attention and uh, and no food. You have drinks, but just don't food. Like comedy clubs that have food, you kind of like, ah, I get it. You want to make your money, but this blows, okay? 
I like I make the money, but ugh, do we really have to? Can't you just charge more for drinks or something? You know, give them a give them a Bloody Mary with a little extra garnish or something like that. Oh man, I've been Vegas for two more days. Hold on one second. Sorry about that. Had to had to use the loo. Don't mind if I use the little boys' room, do you know? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry for the English accent. Uh, but yeah, nature called. Had to go. And um, then I came back to re, uh, you know, finish the podcast. And all of a sudden there was like a, a, a power power hit. And it <laughs> shut it down. So now this is the second attack. Uh, the second attempt of the uh, the second half of the podcast, which we're we're finding a landing zone, we're figuring it out. But like I said, I've been in Vegas now for a couple of days, and Sarah and the kids are flying in today, so they're coming, and um, and then that'll be it. That'll be it for us for the rest of the year in Los Angeles. Not gonna be back, you know. And it's only a couple of weeks, but there's always a little bit of anxiety when you're leaving your house for any period of time. You know, a couple days, any more than like an afternoon, and you're like, okay, we got we got everything. We got the toothbrushes. We got this. We got underwear. We got socks. We got our passports. Whatever the hell you need. You got to figure it all out. And then you, there's the house stuff. Like, oh, did we lock this? Did we turn off the lights? Did we blow out a candle? One time we went to Disneyland. This has been a couple of years ago, but we went to Disneyland and we were pulling in to Disneyland's parking into the like uh, big old parking structure. And Sarah goes, I may have left a candle burning. And like, I'm going, what? What are, you, what are you talking about? She's like, I lit a candle this morning, and I don't remember blowing it out. I'm like, you idiot. What are you talking? Why? Why? I hate candles. Why would you do that? And why do we care? Why do we care? 99%, 99.9% sure it's going to be fine. We've lit in candles several times in our house. Never once have they jumped out of their <laughs> out of their case into uh, the house and set it all on fire. But it's a big no-no, right? Red flag. Don't do it. Oh, son of a gun! Ugh, you kidding me? Can we leave it? Can we? I can, can I leave it, please? No, you shouldn't leave. Uh, uh, fine. And I drove. I dropped them off, and I drove back. About about a half hour each way to drive back, so an hour round trip just to walk in and say, "Nope, somebody blew it out. It's fine." <laughs> just a wasted hour at at Disneyland, and uh, so. But when you, we were leaving, and and she was having to do all that herself with the three kids and get everybody packed. Luckily, we had packed mostly before I left, but like get everything packed, wash the sheets, all this stuff, you know, make sure everything's off. Did we unplug this? Is that away from there? Pull the pull the Christmas tree away from the window. No time to take it down. And to heighten things, we have a friend staying at the Hoff abode uh, while we're gone. Somebody was coming into town. And I was like, oh, yeah, you could stay at our place. And, and they're like, great. I was like, great. <laughs> but now there's additional things you have to do, right? You got to, like, make sure, okay, let's make sure we throw out all the food. We don't need judgment there. Like, tuck this away. Put that over here and make sure you wash the sheets so they got clean linens. Get them out of towel. And, and then you have to do what Airbnb does 
you know, you got to leave them the pamphlet of here's the things, here's how you get in the house, here's you, here's what you do. And most of that is basic stuff. Here's the Wi-Fi password, here's what you do if you want to watch TV, help yourself to things in the fridge, yada, yada, yada. But then, you know, especially with an older place, and our place was built in the 60s, and you go... Uh okay so now there's a few there's a little few things you should know right you you know, everybody knows this like if somebody else like drives your car or something you're like well by the way don't wiggle on the because because it's loose and you might you know the engine might drop out of the bottom I don't know <laughs> so there's all these little things that you have to tell people when they're doing that it's kind of embarrassing i don't know what it is if it's embarrassing or if like i'm a control freak so i'm like uh make sure you do this lock this door not this door and be careful of our neighbor and also this and you go okay this thing's on the fritz a little bit but just wiggle it just wiggle it and it'll work we've lived there for five years just to give it a little wiggle even our kids know how to wiggle it it's fine (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you got to lay all that out for them, and I have not sent that email yet, and I'm wondering if the person's going to go, ah, oh, fantastic. <laughs> I'm walking into a certain death trap. Thanks for your generous hospitality, yuck. Anyway, so I had to go through all that, a little more anxiety, so I'm looking forward to having them here because they... I think they just landed, so I'm excited that they'll they'll be here and they and Sarah can finally give me the kids and be like, All right, I'm I'm going down, I'm getting a stiff cocktail, <laughs> I'm gonna lose some money at the tables. She's not gonna do that. She'll have a stiff cocktail or maybe three, that's for sure. But um not really a gambler. And um I remember the one time she wasn't a gambler at all and then I was doing shows at uh a casino up in Tahoe and and we sat down like before the shows we're like you know what let's let's sit down and uh, and we'll we'll play i'll teach you how to play blackjack we'll do that so we're sitting down there it's like just us at the table playing with the dealer and you know i'm able to explain everything oh here's when you probably hit here's when you make a decision what you want to do here's split these um but we're betting like small amounts you know not like probably table minimum maybe 10 bucks a hand or whatever but there are two of us so it's 10 bucks per person and we just go on this heater we go on this hot streak like we're not losing at all we're just win 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 we sit there for like 40 minutes and we just you know we're winning way more than we're losing and probably we walk away with like we're up i don't know we're up like 200 and some bucks and we're like, hey, look at that. And Sarah's going, eh, gambling's easy. I want to gamble every day of my life. This is so much better than going to work. And I'm like, yeah, well, pump the brakes. We got pretty lucky. <laughs> it was a good run. And uh, But then I was like, well, okay, I got to go do my show. And so then we step up. We're, we, our pockets are a little deeper. And we go to the show. And um, and by the way, at, at tables, you can drink for free. So we had, had a cocktail or two while we were playing. And then we go to the show. Uh, she probably has another drink or two at the show. I maybe have a drink. Show goes great. And now we're like, what are we going to do? We're both feeling a little buzzed. We're like, ah, you know what? Let's, that, we're, we're playing with house money. Let's, let's not waste it. Let's go have a nice dinner. Let's go to the steakhouse that we normally wouldn't treat ourselves to. But you know what? We're playing with house money here. Let's go and get a nice steak and a bottle of wine. So we go up to the the steakhouse there at the casino resort, and we have a nice meal. You know, I, nothing we ever would have done, like, if we were paying for ourselves outside of, like, a special occasion. But probably probably our meal was, like, $180, like, a couple of nice steaks and wine and stuff like that. Uh, I'll bet you we spent over 100 well over $100 on that, which at that time, you know, we were still in our 20s. That was a 
decent chunk of change to spend for dinner. But we were like, you know what? We took the casino for all they're worth. Well, you give a little bit back. Here you go. There you go, sweet. But now we've had a couple of cocktails, and now we've had fun, and now we've had a nice dinner. We got full bellies, and we've had a full bottle of wine. And now when we come back out the elevator, we go back down the elevator, come back out. There's a, oh, there's our favorite dealer at our favorite table. Couple of open slots. Let's go. Let's really twist the knife. <laughs> we lose all the money right back. And so the dinner was not free, <laughs> and it just uh, it humbled us. And so Sarah is not a gambler, and as I said, I am not one to go back to the tables without friends to go with. It's like, what am I going to do, just become a degenerate and just go there? I remember working in, in Vegas several years ago where the headliner at the time asked me for a loan on our first day. And I was like, oh, I don't have any money. And, and then the uh, the manager of the place pulled me aside. He goes, hey, by the way, if he tries to ask for money, don't give it to him. He's already asked for two uh, advances on his on his money. We're just not giving it to him. He's a degenerate. He's <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, he already asked me. Good thing I, I was just straight up poor. Uh, otherwise, I would have probably lent him the money. Oh, the headliner needs a little money. I'll give him some scratch. But I just had none. So uh, lesson not learned. But uh, just when you're poor, sometimes you you know the lessons already. Um, anyway, yeah, not going to do any gambling. And I had to tell the person staying at our house, like, oh, there's the little quirks. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully, hopefully the place is still standing when we get back. But, I, you know, that's cool that we get to do that. It, it doesn't it feels like, you know, I have not a ton of opportunity to, like, give back to people. Um, that have done nice things for us, you know, outside of little niceties here and there. But when you can step up and do something like that, somebody needs a place to stay. Our place is so small that when people come to town, you know, they don't want to stay with us and our five ki- and our three kids, you know, just make it even more cramped. But it's nice. We're going to be gone. Crash our pad. Awesome. I've crashed at people's pads before. So this is, you know, giving back to the community as a whole. Yes, if I've stayed the night with you and I, uh, I w- you know, you haven't stayed the night with me, it's not quid pro quo it's not uh tit for tat but i'm giving back to the universe as a whole so just know that (laughs) and as long as uh she don't get blown up there then it's all good in the hood um anyway that's that's it uh massive 2023 announcement coming it's going to be a huge tour and and it's a special thing so i'm not ready to announce it just yet because it's still kind of putting the pieces together but uh before maybe just before the end of the year or early january i will announce it and i'm super excited everybody's going to be involved so buckle up get ready it's going to be huge um in the meantime uh uh, early 20 i've still got a couple of nights of shows here in vegas if you're in the area the jimmy kimmel comedy club Otherwise, next year I'm going to be out with Larry, the cable guy, uh, second week of June and or second week of January. In like, um, let's see, we're going to be in uh, Niagara Falls, Canada, the Canada side, and then Florida. Uh, Orlando and the Tampa area so if you're around come out and see us there and then at the end of January I'll be in Washington DC the first place I ever saw stand-up comedy at the DC Improv I'm there with my buddy Fahim Anwar it's gonna be a super fun show so if you're around there come out and see one of those shows Um, let them know I sent you and then I'm gonna do the Alameda Comedy Club for the first time at the end of February so get those tickets they'll come on sale soon at nickhoff.com in the meantime be safe Happy holidays and don't forget to doom doom yep. doom doom yep.
America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.